How long do you want to live to? 80? 100? How about 120 years old? God put 120 years as the hard limit on human lifespans, right? Well, maybe not. Like we always say, when it comes to the Bible, there's always more, not less. This week on the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, Boating Accidents, Ancient Interpretation, and the Release of the Kraken. You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back to episode 29 of the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast, and welcome listener. We're always excited for you to join us for these 30 minutes of digging into the grand narrative of the Bible. And before we get started, we just wanted to address a few things. Um, Firstly, thank you guys so much for the concerted effort that we've seen from you guys uh, spreading the podcast around, not just by liking and subscribing like you guys normally do, but we've even gotten some shout outs on social media from various sources. And um, looking at the analytics, we see a noticeable bump in number of subscribers. So when you guys do things like that, it means a whole lot to us. Um, In fact, it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode, but we have already gone from the milestone of a thousand subscribers to just under 1600. And that's just a couple of weeks. And that's because you, yeah. And that's because you guys are uh, liking the podcast, following it. If you're on Spotify, subscribing, if you're on iTunes or any kind of iDevice and spreading it through social media and the granddaddy of all of them. If you take 30 seconds and on iTunes, you write a review that has the biggest noticeable impact on the spreading of the podcast. And although it doesn't help us in a numeric way, we've also gotten tons of feedback from you guys uh, writing to us at our website, better than fiction, biblepodcast.com. And uh, it's always really encouraging to hear from you guys from listeners directly contacting us on our website. So if you have uh, comments or constructive criticism or anything, really, uh, we'd love to hear from you. I have a theory on the uptick, by the way. Oh, well, what is that? I think it's one of those absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. And since we didn't have an episode last week. <laughs> mm, well, that brings me to the second thing. We have gotten a lot of uh, listener feedback asking what happened to episode 29. It didn't come out on Tuesday like we thought it was. And that's because um, one of us, uh, the, the, the flesh failed them, unfortunately. <laughs> We're made of meat and we found out about it. Yes, uh, I fell and broke my arm. So, yay me. And uh, God was very gracious. I could have hit my head. I was uh, coming off the lake fishing, and I was getting the boat connected to my my vehicle. And when I was crawling over the bow, stepped on the winch, fell off of it, and could have been way more seriously injured than I I am. So I broke um, broke my arm, and uh, they potentially have damaged some rotator cuff stuff. So... Anyway, y'all can be praying for me. I'd really appreciate it. It was a very humbling thing. I've been going to physical therapy, and that's all smiles. So I'm in good hands. It's just, uh, um, it's just been very frustrating. So anyway, hey, we're all made of flesh. 
Yeah, you know mm. how people take someone else's tragedy and make it about them selfishly? <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, let me do that here. Um, okay. <laughs> Matt, I am praying for you, by the way. have been praying for you. Yes. Um, but one of the real abiding tragedies of this situation is I don't know how to fish because my dad didn't teach me as a kid. Yeah. Because <laughs> he said I talked too much in the boat. And so Matt was going to teach me how to fish. It's true. Uh, and then he calls and we talk about the boating accident. And Haley said, I don't know that he gets to teach you how to fish anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was not injured fishing. I was injured connecting the boat to the truck. Well, didn't so. we didn't we talk about in early, early episodes of this podcast, we talked about how lots of different religions and cultures viewed water as a dividing thing between <laughs> the earth and the heavens. And so, Matt, that's what you get. That's what you get for trying to skirt up against the boundary. I, yeah, I, <laughs> I was talking with a neighbor about not having an episode this week. And he said, you know, how ironic on, on the, you know, on the cusp of y'all discussing, uh, you know, the, the raging of the waters and the flood and all that, that, uh, that your neighbor has a boating accident. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that Matt has a, no, a boating accident. Yeah. Well, so. Uh, Should have built an ark, brother. Oh, is this, does, does this mean that this is a real life Chekhov's gun moment? Like we, oh, yeah. we have real life foreshadowing of the dangers of raging waters. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's that's funny. So it could it could have been a whole lot worse, and I'm grateful. And I'm grateful to know that there are many people praying, and I'm grateful to know that folks are missing the podcast. And in fact, just this morning, I was on the telephone with Nathan, and we were talking about the podcast for today. And my dad called, and it's really unusual for my dad to call at that time of day. And I thought, oh no, maybe something's going on. So I said, Nathan, I've got to take this call. And it was my dad, and he was asking me to fix his. Uh, uh, podcast app. He's like, there's something wrong. I've been trying to uh, download the next episode. And it's not there. And I was like, oh, dad, sorry. We don't have one. I fell and broke my arm. Of course, he knew about Man, all that, that. So That's dedication. Dad is dedication. So my dad is listening. So hey, dad, love you, of course. And but, also, sh- shout out to Matt recording this with one good arm today. <laughs> so <laughs> difficult to sit here in this chair and, you know, think about these things. <laughs> that's right. This is like Rabbi Hillel recoding uh, the Torah <laughs> while standing on one foot. Uh, oh my goodness! So the, all right, so yeah. we 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 are still surprise surprise we're still in Genesis chapter six verses one through four, but it's not one and two today, right? Yes, we're we, we're actually moving bit. to verse number three, and we said there was going to be one more, uh, you know, in this whole series, but we're going to make it two. And Ish. we will talk about some of the Nephilim today, and I know the big major drum roll, but just in our preparation work, there is an issue that we really need to deal with in verse number three. So before we dive into that, I just want to say one of the things, Nathan, you've said this, Gandalf, you've said this, I know I have said it, and we've said it to ourselves. I don't read the Bible enough. And now keep in mind, my, my whole career is involved in reading the Bible. (laughs) like I read the Bible daily. And when I say I don't read the Bible enough, it's more of an emphasis on I need, when I read the Bible, I realize how much more carefully and closely I need to read the Bible. And this podcast has forced me to be a more careful reader of scripture. And that, that, that has been something for me, Nathan, I know you've said the same thing um, in so many words, Gandalf as well. And so that's why some of these episodes, this is not just us wanting to be long-winded and, you know, to go, you know, 
wax on about well, it's all not of these only issues. that it's not <laughs> that's, that's, that's right that, that's right but it's looking at this stuff and realizing hey there's actually something here that needs to be discussed because it plays into the narrative and we normally just blast on past it to for instance if you open any storybook bible you're going to have adam and eve cain and abel and then the animals are getting on the ark mm-hmm. i mean that there's it's just that's the way the bible's written then after that they're building a tower and then after that it's the call of abraham so it's 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 just it moves very very quickly and while the scripture does move quickly there's a lot of details here yeah and i think the details are the, are, are important again because you know so we one thing we've discussed is when we don't connect the dots of the story then we're always tempted to read our system on top of the story right oh that's such a good please say that again cuz that's so good yeah when we don't connect the dots of the story god gave us the bible he wants us to have it's overwhelmingly a story when we don't read the story as a story, we're always tempted to read our systems on top of the story. And systems are not wrong, but they can't come at the expense of the text the way that God revealed it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, hand in hand with that, though, I love what you just said, the storybook Bible thing. Creation, fall, Cain and Abel, flood, Tower of Babel, Abraham. What's the catch is, you know, if, if I were someone coming to the Bible skeptically and I had no vested interest in affirming its teachings, when I don't have a good understanding of how those dots connect, it, it makes it easier to look at something like the flood and say, well, tell me how your God wasn't overreacting here. Like, <laughs> t- tell me that your God's not. We're only like eight pages in and he just killed everyone. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and if you, if, but if you see the context within the narrative, Correct. it fundamentally changes when you have a different estimation of God's character. And how do we develop an understanding of character? We do that through a storied context, not a propositional one, right? Yeah, and I, I would submit that Genesis 6 is what, this is what you're saying, is yeah. that if you interpret Genesis 6 the way that we believe, the, what we're presenting to you, that you know the third option, the weird one, it paints Genesis 6 through 9 very differently. Yes. And that's, that's why we're taking time here because we we just it's just kind of like that whole going back to the whole children's book bible you know it's always romanticized and you have all these cute little animals the, the giraffes with their heads sticking out of the top of the roof cuz holes have been cut in you got elephants hanging their trunks off the side and it's just so beautiful and they never really, show dead stuff floating in the water yeah people beating on the side <laughs> of the ark you know to, for survival so it's just that's just not a real uh, crowd winner for bedtime stories. So, my mom had all those precious moments figurines when I was a kid, and now <laughs> now I'm an adult. I just like I hold my tongue because she's my mama. So, <laughs> those figures are terrifying. By the way, those faceless figures like that <laughs> scares me. Uh, yes. So today we're gonna do Genesis six, three, three, and four. Correct? Probably mostly three, a little bit of four. But let's read three and four. <laughs> well, uh, who's reading today? I shall read today. All right. been, I, I've, I've finagled my way out of it for too long. Before I do for read the memos. Do my dues. No, you're just All saving right. the next, like the post-flood genealogies for me. Yes. And just as a reminder that we've just talked about the sons of God seeing the daughters of men, and they took them as wives. All right. Now picking up in verse 3. All right. So this is Genesis 6, 3, and 4. And as always, we're reading from the ESV. 
Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh. His day shall be one hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men of old, the men of renown. And Ta-da. finishing that, I have I have some questions just immediately <laughs> that I we talked about earlier. Like a careful reading right. brings out so much more. Um, my first question is: It talks about I just glossed over it, even though I've read these verses on this podcast before. His days shall be one hundred and twenty years, and that's there seems to be a couple problems with that to me because one uh, in twenty twenty one. We've got some guys creeping up on there. Like we've got some guys coming to take that, uh, that number for themselves. Uh, yeah, secondly, there's there's men and women who live past 120 in the modern era. Uh, yeah, and then um, and if Elon and Musk then, is successful, we all will. That's right. And then even today, like the oldest. The Did oldest y'all ever see alive, that like, old uh, Robin Williams bicentennial man where he's yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then they they dated it to like, well, we started his battery back in. <laughs> So At like the age of 200, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then my second problem is I know for a fact that there's people who are living longer than 120 years in this very book of Genesis, just right, you know, coming up. That Rut is a row. great observation. So my so question is how why, can this Why be? is this problematic then? Because what, So let's do unprepared Bible study question. What does this mean to you? It's always dangerous when you hear that because that means that the Sunday school teacher did not study the <laughs> or the, night the before. pastor or the pastor. Oh, heaven forbid! Yeah. So what? Because at the surface reading, what does it sound like? It sounds like, which again clashes because if you're taking this, if you're taking what we talked about the Sethian view that as punishment for you know the daughters of Cain and the. The sons of all them, all those guys, that as punishment, they're right. going to have their lives limited to 120 years. But we were saying on this podcast that we're not holding to that view. Right. So that so that is inconvenient think, for us. <laughs> it yeah, is. So it's like, it oh, because now here's something. <laughs> so to help you, to help you. And Nathan has got some really great resources he's going to talk about today on this. But just as an initial help. Folks, as we interpret this, if the first two verses are talking about supernatural beings and human women cohabitating, then why would verse number three switch to only humankind and then switch back to supernatural beings in verse and humans four. in verse four? Well, and, and the same thing, you know, since we mentioned the Sethian genealogy, if the sons of God are these long, you know, if the sons of God are Seth's descendants and Noah, who's about to enter the narrative in real time, Noah in chapter five stands at the end of that genealogy. And part of that genealogy is marked by the long lifetimes. Right. And also Noah is so, the hero of the story being perfect in his generations. Yeah. Like so, for it's his so let's godly celebrate, line. Let's, let's celebrate that with shorter lives. Uh, so another, does, that, does that make sense? It doesn't quite... Um, you know where I wanted to go when you brought it up, though, Gandalf? I got a meme. Someone sent me a meme yesterday because uh, one of the points Matt makes often is whenever this is happening, it's being recorded much later. You know, traditionally, God reveals the entire law to Moses, right? And it's written down in Moses' time. 
And right. so I got a meme the other day and it was like had this fictitious conversation between God and Moses. And God says, hey, Moses, can you write the book of Numbers? And Moses says, sure. And then it says, also Moses. Now, Moses was very humble, more than any uh, other person on the earth, <laughs> Not, num- which is Numbers 12, 3. Uh, right. And so, you know, by that same logic, you can say, Moses, like, okay, I'm going to live to be 120. And man's day shall be 120 years. <laughs> right. Uh, the pillar of perfection. Uh, yeah, but that's not the only way to understand this text, right, Matt? Right. And in fact, if we're taking a supernatural view and which we're arguing for on the first two verses, it makes sense that verse three would also be in the context of that same view, just as verse four. So just to be consistent with our own interpretation, it would be silly for us to take a supernatural view for two two verses, drop it once, and then pick it back up again in verse four to be consistent. And there's reasons for this. This is not just because we want to, to protect our pet theory or something. It's because that's what I'm persuaded it actually says. And Nathan, you said something before the podcast when we were just talking on um, Discord is that you want... the Septuagint? No, 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 no. Before we get to that, but you were talking about wanting the Sethite view. Yeah, you just like, want it to work so bad because it's yeah, so reasonable. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I, it's, it, you know, I don't want to feel weird. I, I think I said something to the effect of, "Man, if it weren't for the evidence, the Sethian view would be so good." Yeah, uh, it's but I've so just straightforward. The, the more I've read, uh, both exegetically within the immediate context, uh, biblically within the you know the canon of Scripture, what other passages do with this, like Jude and Second Peter. And then just in the history interpretation, it's overwhelming to me. Uh, and I say this as someone who once deeply held to the Sethite view because it seemed to make the most sense, I guess. Right. And, and, and just that, as it, feels thing, we, it feels weird saying that now. To go back and revisit a point that you made earlier in this podcast is that all translation is, is interpretation. interpretation. And the oldest writings that we have... Uh, available to us, some of them are translation, which is the oldest translation of which we have uh, in any kind of uh, great form, which would be the Greek Septuagint. So at bare minimum, we know how the people who wrote and read the Greek Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible or the ancient Hebrew Bible, is we can see how they are thinking about this. And you, in fact, I had never even looked at how the Septuagint dealt with Genesis chapter 6 until an hour ago when you brought it up. So why don't you walk us through verses 1 through 3 and and verse 4 too, but primarily the the shocker for me was how the Septuagint renders verse number 3. And uh, if you need to shore up any of my comments there on what the Septuagint is, feel free, Nathan, but why don't you walk us through that? No, you're fine. And some like, you know, super nerdy level scholars would distinguish. You probably had other Greek texts translating uh, the Old Testament in and around that time. But the Septuagint emerges kind of like an authorized Greek translation Mm -hmm. for the synagogue. So kind of like it was the first KJ. Yeah, the King James of Mm -hmm. its day. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, And for a long time, it had a very similar legacy. Um, And so Mm -hmm. some some even that's a whole other debate. Should the. Should the, should the Greek Septuagint rather than the Hebrew Old Testament be regarded as the Old Testament of the early church is a big debate. because it, um, it, it, And reason being is because that's what they most readily quote. Yeah. 
Um, and so that's a whole other thing for, you know, another saga of episodes down the line, you know, for 20 years down the road when we're in Exodus in the Better Than Fiction Bible <laughs> Um, so, but the neat thing that Matt is highlighting is you see, again, any translation, if you look, will show interpretation. Uh, and when you see the, uh, Septuagint Greek for Genesis six, they clearly read Genesis six, three as, as, and six, four as the natural continuation, uh, of, uh, six, one and two. So six, one and two, again, overwhelmingly in those sources, they understand sons of God to represent heavenly beings, daughters of men, um, uh, representing human daughters. We've gone through all those arguments over the last several episodes. Uh, but what what's so interesting is the Septuagint in verse three picks up on the resulting union as the subject of God's judgment. It says, and the Lord God says, my spirit will by no means abide, remain uh, in, not just in man, forever. It says literally in toys, anthropois, totois, tutois, in these men <laughs> forever, because so they, the men who are the resulting, offspring. yeah, resulting from that union uh, and because see that they are flesh and, and, and begin why, why focus on the fleshliness of them? Uh, you know, sons of God, daughters of men. And you're about to mention the men of renown. Why mention that th there's, why mention because they are flesh? Yeah, right? is that any shocker? Because God made man flesh. Why is it? Yeah, but but if you if you have that boundary crossing and the sons of God have crossed a boundary, and have mm. have have you know have yielded these hybrid beings or whatever what you want to call them, uh, whether that is the Nephilim, which in the Septuagint is just gigantes giants. giants. Um, why is it? Uh, it's one of those things. Why is it noteworthy enough to mention? But I do think, at the very least, my spirit will not abide in these men. So you see, and 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 I would say the bulk of the evidence, certainly not all of the evidence, but the bulk of the evidence does not understand 120 years as uh, this is the new normative. You know, not not necessarily in every case, but this is the new normative barrier for a human lifespan going forward. I would say the bulk of the evidence understands this as uh, it's. I'm going to give them 120 years to repent before I unleash the waters and send the flood. Well, this is kind of be... like the initial clash of the Titan unleash the Kraken. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> unleash the Kraken. Yes. So we're saying then, Nathan, that 120 years doesn't refer to lifespan. It refers to the incoming flood, basically. Well, it's saying that, like, listen, all of this wickedness, and you've also got to marry it with what's about to come, that... In verse number five, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So it's talking, again, if you're taking that in context, like what men are we talking about? It's the, the it's these men that are coming from this, okay? But then it contrasts him and them with Noah, who is, by the way, uh, doesn't it say Noah where it talks about being perfect in his generations. Uh, that's verse number yeah, nine. He, yeah, he's blameless uh, in his blameless generations. Blameless in his generation. It sounds so, like Noah wrote this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway, the, the point that Nathan is getting at here is that the ancient peoples 
they understood, at least according to the Septuagint, they understood the Nephilim to be giants. And we're going to look more at that, and we'll give a better presentation of that. In, in other in words, yeah, and, and against the Sethian view one more time, it's almost yeah. like Noah is this only, like, it's almost like the sons of God can't be Seth's descendants because Noah is the faithful descendant of Seth over against everything else that has gone wrong. Right. And keep in mind, it's Noah and his seed that go onto the ark, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Noah's parents, his grandparents, they're all assumed to die. In fact, it's in some of the intertestamental writings, thinking of Enoch, where it talks about, you know, the Methuselah was going to die, and that after he died, the flood would come. So we we can glean from this stuff that 120 years is not talking about, all right, this is the new normal, because just a cat, if you make that, all right, 120 years is the new normal, nobody's going to live past 120 years, you can't even get out of Genesis chapter 7 and 8 before you realize, wait, you know, Noah's going to live 900 plus years. And then you've got, you know, Ham, Sham, and Japheth. They live long lives. Even Abraham lives nearly 200 years. So, well, yeah, and, and, that, and so that's and, 1,500 yeah. years later. And, and again, cr crazy about many things, not crazy about this. We always say, you know, what, what do interpretations of the text say? Uh, even how we read the Septuagint, it, it doesn't specifically deal with the 120-year thing, right? But it does say these men. Um, and does it uh, say, but, but, it says these men, and what does it say, his days or their days? Uh, it does say their days shall be 120 yeah. years. But you have a lot of other earlier interpreters. Um, and this is, y'all, we never give all the arguments because there's just not enough time. We were talking about some beforehand that we're not going to go into. But here's just a few samples. Uh, this is a document 4Q. Uh, 252, it's known as the Genesis Pesher from Qumran. Uh, and it's it's kind of a an extension of the scripture. And it says, in, in the 480th year of Noah's life, uh, their end time was made known to Noah. For God said, my spirit will not abide in man forever. Let their days be cut short 120 years until the time of the flood. It's pretty, it's pretty clear how they understand it there, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and Targum Onkelosis is a later rabbinic source on Genesis uh, 6.3, and this is later, but it's interesting. This is this is not only an understanding that is before the, the New Testament, it's one that abides after that time. Uh, Targum Onkelos on um, Genesis 6.3 says, And God said, This evil generation shall not endure before me forever, uh, for they are flesh and their deeds are evil. I will grant them an extension of 120 years to see if they repent. Um, mm. uh, very Nineveh, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Sounding. 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Uh, and you have so many more, like Targum Neophyte on Genesis. I mean, uh, we could go on and on. One of hey, the just, interesting. Just for our listeners, remind everyone what a Targum is. I know what it is, uh, but. It yeah, that's right. Everybody knows what a targum is. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, targums are later um, rabbinic expansions on the text. Sometimes there's a state a restatement of the text. Sometimes there's a restatement of the text with elaboration. Sometimes there's a, a statement of the text uh, with an accompanying interpretation. Uh, but these these are these are all bound up and, and codified much later. Um, the but ancient commentaries. Ancient commentary. Ancient Jewish commentary. Yeah. Yep. Um, but. Um, one of the interesting ones for me is that this is the view of Jerome, uh, who translates the Bible into the Latin Vulgate. Uh, Jerome mm -hmm. says in his document, Questions in Genesis, 
they had 120 years in which to repent. This does not mean, as many erroneously believe, that human life was to be shrunk down to 120 years, but to that particular generation, 120 years were given until the punishment. That's pretty cut and dry, right? Right. That's that's pretty interesting that he's adding the element of, it's not so much this is how long it's going to be until the flood. He's adding the element of, here's the time limit you have to change your ways. That's it. And and that's uh, Augustine does the same thing in City of God. When God said their days will be 120 years, this certainly is not to be understood as if it were foretelling that henceforth human beings would not live more than 120 years, since even after the flood we find that some exceeded 500. But the 120 years predicted here are what remain of the lives of the people who were to perish. After these years had passed, they were destroyed in the flood. Mm. Um, so, uh, again, that seems to be the prevailing interpretation among them. Mm. Yeah, that's so fascinating to think, think about all those things. And also the role that, again, if you take the Nephilim to be these giants, these hybrid offspring, the role that they would have potentially played amongst the humanity of that time if they're viewed as Genesis chapter 6 verse 4 suggests, in a sense viewed as you know, the Greeks viewed the demigods as that, that these are the greatest. I mean, look right there in Genesis 6 verse 4, that these were the mighty men of old, the men of renown. Yeah, I love great, it. I love it in Hebrew, the men of the name. Men of the name. If these are Ooh, the greatest men who have ever <laughs> walked on the face of the earth and they are, are not turning as a result of, you know, <laughs> of Noah's preaching and the fact that this guy's building an ark in the middle of, you know, a field somewhere. Well, and, is, and so many, we read a couple last week, so many of our sources that uh, envision this uh, union of the sons of God and daughters of men as a co-mingling of heavenly beings and, and earthly women talks mm-hmm. about the great fury and devastation and perversion and corruption that was unleashed upon God's good creation as a result of that union. Mm. Oh yeah, oh. that that's a huge point. We didn't get into that much, but that the Nephilim, even though they did great and mighty things, that they were these mighty warriors, but that uh, they were also understood to unleash an unspeakable evil on the earth. Well, that sounds pretty interesting, and I'm going to go ahead and say we are out of time for today's uh. episode. But I want I, you've intrigued me because we've had the Nephilim looming menacingly on the horizon for this is episode number five in Genesis six. So we will finally, we will get to the next episode in number, in number, in episode number 30, we will get to the, we will at least dedicate one episode possibly to, right? Unleash the Kraken. And listener, I assure you, it will not be 120 years before the next episode. It's, it will be next week for sure. (laughs) Thank you for Uh, your patience. Yeah. Matter, Barring one of Matter, us you having another accident. Anytime soon? <laughs> no. Too soon. In, in Too future soon. weeks, if it happens again, we've just agreed to carry on with uh, whoever's there. So, Yeah, so if, if mysteriously Nathan is just gone, the, uh, assume the worst. It, yeah. could be so, it could be so many things. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening and excited to talk about the Nephilim next week. Join us here. Remember to subscribe on iTunes and follow us on Spotify, and we'll see you next week. See ya. Shalom. Boom. Excellent episode. Coming in under under 30 minutes.